Hi, I'm Robert Swipe. I'd like to talk about and play you some tracks from my new album, Beauty Machine.
It's a very heavy and dark album, um, not just in terms of the music, but um, the uh, themes, I think, are also quite dark. Um, I think a lot of it comes from my perpetual <laughs> search for an audience, really, trying to find people who might like the stuff I do. Um, and so I think I've been gradually getting more and more sort of dark in terms of the images and things like that that I used to kind of promote the, the music. And I kind of thought at some point, and people have actually suggested to me um, that that I try kind of doing heavier music that kind of might suit the, the images better. So I kind of got to the point where I just thought, well, why not? <laughs> you know, I've tried everything else and nothing's worked. So... So, yeah, I kind of think it was also natural development from over the last five years, really. I think the the songs have been getting a bit darker. I think the world's been getting a bit darker, so well, a lot darker. So, so it kind of reflects that, I think. So, yeah, it's an attempt to really kind of put put the songs that I would normally write in a in a very in a different kind of context and really kind of just see whether I could find stuff that I'm aware of and like that might appeal to people who have that kind of darker sensibility. I think, you know, if you kind of look on social media, 
just generally everywhere. I think there's this sort of real sense of nihilism at the moment, isn't there? I mean, everything's very negative, and I think everybody's also very split up and compartmentalised. There's a lot of kind of cultural, well, subcultures, basically. And uh, so I've tried to kind of put the music somewhere where it might appeal to quite a few different kind of groups without kind of pinning it to just one of those kind of subcultures, I suppose. So there's elements of kind of, you know, the corpse painting and stuff like that in the visuals and it's very sort of black metal kind of stuff. But also there's kind of a kind of gore aesthetic that touches on Japanese kind of anime and stuff like that. Um, so trying to visually get all that stuff together to, to kind of complement the songs and the way they kind of feel. Because I don't th- think they're kind of, they're old-fashioned sort of heavy metal in parts. You know, people who know kind of Man Who Sold The World album and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that will probably sort of find something they recognise in there. And some of the darker glam elements as well. So that that's kind of the the motivation really for doing a kind of more of a genre piece than I'd normally do. I'd normally quite eclectic and don't really think the albums sound like any one thing apart from them kind of being David Bowie ripoffs, obviously. But but apart from that, they're kind of they kind of cover quite a bit of range, I think. Um, so this is a departure, and um, the first track you heard there was called Stockholm as in the syndrome, and I think that's kind of, if there's a subject matter to it, it, it's kind of about the way that, you know, victims can be made to feel like, you know, well, to empathise with their with their oppressors, and that seems to me very, very much kind of something else that's in the air at the moment with the kind of, you know, you've got things like the Je- Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine, Maxwell and all that kind of thing going on where it really seems almost kind of if you were looking for a sort of metaphor for the way the powerful kind of abuse the rest of us <laughs> you you really you know you'd think oh no you're making this stuff up but but we're not you know it's it's actually there um so that that's kind of the sort of thing I wanted to write about but using that very I mean, it's very sounds very Led Zeppelin, very the width of a circle, that kind of almost kind of are they writing metaphysical or allegorical kind of Lovecraftian stuff? Um, so to write in that kind of vein, but but try and do something that's a very about a very specific kind of modern, well, you know, just an enduring issue, but it seems very pertinent at the moment. I think. Um, the way children and young people are kind of really being scapegoated, I think, by the people who've kind of made the mess that we're in. So that that was the kind of story behind that one, if there was a story. Um, the next track is called Persepolis, and that's... Um, Again, it's going back to what I was saying about the subcultures. I got very interested in um, kind of presence of people from Iran on um, on social media, and there's kind of there's millions of people on there. You would think for a sort of you know what's quite a kind of the- theocratic um, re- re- 
oppressive society they're kind of not doing a very good job because there's so many people kind of on social media who obviously have a life that's very separate from the the one that you would imagine and, and the one that the media itself would kind of give you the impression they have so it's a very it's not very you know obviously modern people who like the same kind of cultural stuff as we do in the west but they seem particularly attracted to kind of the very dark metal kind of stuff and death metal that kind of stuff i find that very i've just found that very interesting that um, having grown up this sort of punk era when you know there were very much more pointed kind of critiques of of um of society going on whereas i think w what i pick up from a lot of people in iran who are kind of obviously living in opposition to the way their kind of powers that be want them to they're, they're kind of almost take uh, taking a kind of pose or a you know an attitude that's just very dark and negative and you know nihilistic and, and kind of embracing that as a way of saying yeah we're, we're not on the same page as you so so i found i find that very fascinating i think they're incredibly brave and resilient people i have a lot of respect and, and admiration for all the people i've sort of come across and had kind of conversations with on on the social media stuff and and they're very sort of um the people who deserve a lot more than we in the West sort of give them, really, in terms of support, because I don't think many of us would want to live um, with with the stuff they have to put up with. But um, but I mean that's that's a political thing. But culturally, I just find it very interesting. That's the only kind of thing I can kind of contribute to and comment on, really. And um, I just thought it'd be very interesting to to sort of think, well, what would a kind of <laughs> Iranian punk you know, Sex Pistols type thing and sound like. So so that was the thought behind this one. Um, it's one of my favourites on it. I think it's the best sound we got on this album, Doug and I. Um, it's really heavy sound and it matches what I wanted and it's probably the pithiest kind of encapsulation of what I wanted to do with this album. So, yeah, it's called Persepolis. There's a bit of swearing in there and general rudeness. But then you'd expect that, wouldn't you, from Iranian punk? <laughs>
Yeah, so the ne- next track is called Glitter, um, and that's um, as in Gary, I suppose. Um, although, not sure, it's kind of a meant to be a direct kind of you know, biographical or, or even trying to kind of, you know, write as if it's him singing it. I, I just wanted to take some of the kind of musical... Um, form that he was known with um, in the 70s and kind of use that to kind of explore um, something that interests me at the moment as well, which is kind of the idea of things being cancelled. That's probably quite a, um, it's it's quite a touchy subject and, and everybody has kind of quite a lot of emotion vested in it so I mean I'm not trying to inflame that at all but um, I wanted to kind of look at an example of this kind of um, 70s culture that we kind of know had a very dark side to it so I mean I've already written stuff about Jimmy Savile um, and obviously you know not pro in any way you know (laughs) Um, but just I think it's the kind of stuff that you can explore in in culture and I think there seems a very worrying trend to me to kind of mistake something that's done as kind of, you know, in, in the way that people write fiction, you know, that lots of novels, um, you know, if, if they'd happened in real life, you'd be worried. But, but um, you know, something like Lolita, for example, you know, again, which is pertinent to this, you can write about stuff in a, that's distasteful or difficult to kind of get our heads around as a society. Um, and surely that's kind of a very necessary thing. We need we need a you know a forum in which to discuss things that we don't like. And I think art's always kind of struck me as being the ideal kind of place to do that. So so that was kind of my thinking about going into kind of a dark area that you'd you'd rather not really sort of think too much about. But it seems that it's kind of again in the kind of conversations that people are having about, you know, what happens when you find out bad things about people who've made art, you know. Um, And I think, you know, we'd have a very restricted palette of things that we could could watch and listen to and read if we if we kind of really sort of started digging into the dark corners of people's lives. And the thing that put it into focus for me was was reading a book by Dylan Jones about David Bowie. And it's kind of sort of kaleidoscopic biography that kind of takes in lots of different viewpoints and people who he met at different times in his career give their kind of narration of things and one of the if you if you like testimonies uh, which seems a loaded word but I think it's quite quite appropriate in this case was from one of the kind of very young groupies who would kind of attach themselves to all the kind of 70s um, stars there were a kind of whole stable of these I think mainly mainly young ladies who would kind of go wherever the tours were and kind of try and get off with the gu- the guys in the bands and you know part of it is just kind of it's what happens people are kind of finding their they're kind of you know exploring themselves or whatever but you kind of think also you know very young girls who are kind of throwing themselves into that kind of situation it, it it's not something you know you'd want for your own children or whatever and it so it's a very it is a very awkward kind of difficult area and there's lots of gray areas and there's lots of 
you know, obviously nuances and things, but it, it just struck me the thought that, you know, if people get kind of, oh, well, should we be listening to Gary Glitter or Michael Jackson or whoever? You kind of think, well, if, if you kind of suddenly said, well, you can't listen to David Bowie anymore, there'd be a bloody revolution, I think. <laughs> you know, people would just think, hang on a minute. So, but it seemed like a fair thing to question, you know? You think, well, well what if if he's supposed to have kind of taken the virginity of young girls and things like that. Um, it's not a nice thought, but you kind of think, you know, the law now is kind of very hot on stuff like that. So it was really just to look at those very d difficult, awkward things um, and see if there's a way of writing about it that um, that would illuminate it for us a bit, maybe. And this idea, I think, you know, I think people growing up nowadays think, you know, you can look back at the dark old days as if it's kind of, you, you know, we have some kind of superior, um, prog progressive uh, handle on these things. I don't think that's true at all. I think having grown up in the 70s and, and living now, I, th I think, you know, there have been as many regressions uh, as there have progressions. So, so I don't think, you know, any of us can kind of just look look on as if we've got some kind of golden light on these things you know so that was the idea and i wanted to kind of couch it in in a kind of um you know amelia that people are kind of familiar with so it's a very glammy stuff i think it's a good poppy song but it's kind of examining a very dark idea of you know what is it that makes kind of older guys kind of not be able to give up on their youth and I suppose you know still doing music and things like that it, it's it's kind of a reflection on kind of my mindset as well I suppose um that you know you kind of see yourself getting older and and um so I kind of guess you're kind of looking at what you could have turned into I suppose or something like that but um so yeah it's kind of it's not about Gary Glitter but it, it looks at that kind of you know the way that culture changes over time, and and um, you can kind of see darker sides of things that were on the surface. You know, I mean, it will seem very innocent, all the kind of leader of the gang stuff, but it's kind of had a lot of more sinister um, implications since then. So, but anyway, this one's called Glitter. Yeah. 
So the title track, um, Beauty Machine, it seems kind of an ironic title for um, kind of dark album, I suppose. But I suppose I, one of the things I was thinking along the lines of the, there's a line in Persepolis about beauty and darkness. And I suppose it's that kind of idea of, you know, trying to keep these things that do provide us and sustain us. Um, to keep keep those things in the in the midst of all of the the kind of horrors of the way the world is at the moment. So, so yeah, this is kind of maybe the re- redemptive track on it. I was very um, musically very inspired by a song from way back when and the early eighties by a group called the Passions, called "I'm in Love with a German Film Star," which I always really loved at the time, and. Um, I just had in my my mind at one point I was going to do a kind of theme of kind of sort of 80s gothy kind of stuff. And I suppose there's some of that kind of feel on the later tracks on this album. Um, and this is one, one of them that has that kind of mood. So it's very, it's very distinct from, from the others, but I, I think it kind of ties everything together in a very odd sort of way. Um, and just then, you know, to not ramble too much and play a bit more music than than me gabbing on um it's um i was thinking, thinking along the lines of um song i did about debbie harry ages ago called deborah that was just inspired by the fact i used to have this poster of debbie harry above my bed when i was about 13 or whatever and and at the time you know obviously your kind of interest is is a slightly more kind of you know you know what young boys are like with beautiful um, icons of the screen and music business or whatever so you've kind of you're just physically attracted to that but um, over time I kind of look back on that uh, and it's almost like being watched over by this kind of beautiful spirit in a way so I kind of I think maybe it's another kind of mellowing age kind of reflection on that kind of stuff so so I wanted to kind of pitch something that could be kind of more tawdry in, in into something that's kind of a bit more 
I don't know what the word to describe it is. There's there's a just a kind of nice glow to the song that um, almost kind of makes it feel like it's a sort of angelic look, watching over. But there is this undertow of the the guy fiddling with his beauty machine. <laughs> so the idea was like a science fiction thing that you'd be able to push a button and conjure up a you know sort of pop icon or whatever and and um and it's written from the point of view of the icon looking down on this guy who's obviously summoned summoned her up so it's a very strange weird sort of sci-fi reflection on on that whole kind of ai ai technology and where we're going with sort of holograms and things like that and, um so it's a, one of the light lighter pieces on it um i'm probably ruined it for everybody now by t talking about it but it's actually quite a nice track so so i'll um i'll just play that one for you and it's beauty machine
Okay, just one more track to play um, from from this album, um, and just to thank anyone who's managed to carry on listening this far. Um, congratulations <laughs> for making it to the, this point. So um, yeah, again, I won't go on too long because we're about forty odd minutes now, and I, I wanted this to be fairly manageable content for people so um yeah just to tell you a bit about the last track which is called black wedding uh, and this comes from um a book i was reading by a lady called um, laura spinney uh read well i haven't even got halfway through it but it was just so inspiring um it's it's a book about the the 1918 onwards flu epidemic which obviously kind of has a relevance to us all now um, and she writes not only very um, it, it very lucidly about um, this kind of global pandemic and has gathered a huge amount of um, material, you know, both scientific but also anecdotal. And it's, to me, the anecdotal stuff that's absolutely fascinating. Um, and basically one of the sections deals with kind of superstitious responses to pandemic and you kind of again it ties in with what i was saying before that we kind of it's easy to look back and and think oh <laughs> those silly old fools back then you know but you read this book and and she's talking about kind of brazil and and describing like football matches being played in empty stadia and all this kind of stuff and this is 1918 19 you know and it could be written about today um, and obviously some of the political and um, kind of just societal reaction to this awful kind of pandemic we've had to go through um, they make you think well we might just as well have been in the middle ages mightn't we you know the the the, the lack of intelligence that seems to be on display um, so really that that was kind of my mindset reading this book and and there's a lovely um, I'll keep it very short but there's a lovely section in the book um about um these things called black weddings uh, and it comes from the sort of Jewish tradition um and they happened in kind of Crimea and places like that and apparently there were examples in New York even sort of so again it's something that's a cultural thing but it's manifested throughout the, the globe and basically the idea of it was that uh, you know these villages or towns that had been affected by by the pandemic had in some way brought this on themselves you know and uh, so there had to be some atonement so what they would do is they'd find two of the poorest kind of people in the worst health young people orphans usually and they would find these people who obviously needed a good feeding up and <laughs> you know weren't all that in that good a shape and they they would have a ceremony in a cemetery where they'd marry them so these two people would get married and then there'd be a massive feast and they'd be showered with gifts and this was meant to atone for the for the sins that had brought a, about the pandemic. So I, I just was reading it and I was just thinking, this is a song. I have to do this as a song. Um, and that's as far as it went when I was reading it. But um, it just stayed with me. Um, and I was thinking, well, that's going to be quite a complicated 
piece to do because I had in my mind that it would have different sections and be be quite a complex piece. But but as with a lot of the the other songs on this, it it really came together very quickly. And um, once I kind of started working on the the bones of it, and um, I think I think it's 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 a long piece, but uh, I'm going to play 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 most of it. Um, miss off. There's a big kind of orchestral section at the beginning, but we'll miss that off for the. the purposes of brevity um but yeah it, it just seemed like a very haunting idea and i wanted to do a piece of music that, that kind of matched that really so so i hope that um people find the same kind of fascination i had in that idea and that it sustains at least one listen so uh, and it just seemed to it just seemed to be a lovely kind of encapsulation of that that kind of you know the way humans I include all of us myself in this you know we're faced with awful things and the, the the natural response a lot of the time is to kind of go for the superstitious and the you know the to be protected by someone from above or from outside or beyond or whatever um and it's you know we've been doing it ever since the species kind of evolved enough to think i think haven't we so um it just seems a very natural response to things but also you wonder if it's the best response really so that that was my kind of thinking about it but i thought more it's going to be a mood piece and hopefully it's kind of a spooky kind of end to the um, broadcast anyway so so i just want to thank you if you have listened this far for doing so um the album will be out very soon, hopefully early in the new year. I've just got a couple of bits to tidy up on a couple of the tracks that I haven't played today. And um, then, yeah, it's going to be on Bandcamp. So if you wanted to follow me on there, it's um, robertswipe.bandcamp.com. And um, I think I'll be posting it on the Twitter feed and the Facebook one, the twi Twitter and the Instagram are both Robert underscore swipe. Um, so that's the address for those if you want to kind of keep an eye on what, what the visual side of it is. <laughs> if, you're, if you're particularly sort of heavy stomached, then you might um, be able to endure some of the, the, the images I'm kind of working with as cover art and trying to get a kind of you know, a visual side to, to the album. So yeah, it's called Beauty Machine, and keep keep um, keep them peeled. It'll be out very soon, and um, I hope a few people get through and listen to the good quality version of it rather than these very condensed MP3 um, podcast versions. So, so thank you again for your time, for listening, and um, take care and keep safe. And hopefully, people will be in touch at some point to. Let me know if they like the album and I'd love to hear from you if you do have a listen and uh, want to say something about it. That would be great. Okay, so I'll leave you with Black Wedding. Cheers. Bye-bye.